Praise the Lord. Why don't we just, as you're making your way back to your seats, before we go any further, I just want to go ahead and spend a little bit more time in his presence. Let's go ahead and just lift our voices to him one more time. Jesus, Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your goodness in my life. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to my needs, Lord. Thank you for your leading and your guiding in our lives. Jesus, it's all about you, Father. Lord, we come here today with expectation. Father, you are the way, the truth, and the life. I pray that, Lord, you would continue to bless this church and everyone in this place. Help us to receive from you here today. I pray, Lord God, that you would continue to work on those situations and those needs. Lord, help us to lay aside every weight. Help us to lay aside every distraction and fear, Lord, and, and trust you and put this in your hands. Because we need your leading and your guiding in this day, Lord. We need your direction in this day. Father, without you, we are lost. We are like a leaf in the wind, Father. We need your guidance. We need your strength. Hallelujah, Jesus. I pray that you'd continue, Lord, minister to our hearts and our minds. Hallelujah, hallelujah. There's no one like you, Father. In Jesus' name, why don't we give him a hand clap of praise? Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It's good to be here today. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. All righty, happy Sunday. Glad that the college and age guys are here with us today. All right, well, I just want to go ahead and start by uh, giving the title of today, what I'm going to be teaching about. It's called Don't Fool Yourself. I normally don't start off with uh, a title, but... You'll pick up on it, I guess, as we go. I just like to say that uh, from the beginning, from the beginning of time, man has had a way um, of handling himself. Mankind has had a uh, has thought that they could manage sin, and has made a habit of getting too close and and setting himself up for failure from the very beginning. And we see this time and time again. And there, there's this thing where they, you know, people just think we can just get close and play around with sin. But, you know, sin, when it's finished, it brings forth death. And that's not something that I, I think we should really be messing around with. And I don't want us to fool ourselves thinking that we can mess around with it. Even in the beginning when Eve, Eve was hanging out near the tree, <laughs> the one tree that she knows she wasn't supposed to eat from. The Bible says, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant for the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, and then she, she ate of it. Maybe it was curiosity. Maybe it was something else. Obviously, the, the serpent had something to do with that. You know, the persuasion. But after Satan said some things, we find her the next scene. She's looking at it. She's near it. She's around that thing. You know, she might have thought to herself, I'm not supposed to eat that. But the serpent had some, some pretty good points. I mean, just look at it. It looks good enough to me, right? 
it's not something that's going to kill me. It looks good to eat. And maybe I heard the rules wrong. Maybe I, and she began to, she talked herself out of it. She talked herself out of the situation and then directly disobeyed God. Next uh, person that I want to point out here is Lot. You guys remember the story of Lot, Abraham's nephew? Lot, out of all the places that he could have chosen, because, you know, Abraham and Lot, they're, they're herdsmen. They begin to fight because they were just too great. And so Abraham said, you can choose wherever you want to go, and we'll go in the other direction. And Lot, it says that he saw that the well-watered plains near Jordan looked good, and, and he pitched his tent toward Sodom. That means up to, near, in the direction of Sodom. Out of uh, all the places he could have chosen, he faced in that direction, in that one place. Now, it says that he faced that direction, and he was even up close to it. But not too long after, we find that he and his family became active members of that city, of that community. And we also find because of that, and because of what he connected himself to, he and his family and that city, eventually, they got captured by the enemy. And then we know Abraham rescued and came and, and got him back. But we find that, you know, and you know what, that's an indicator. He got, him and his family got captured in this city. That's, that's not really the best place to hang out. I mean, there's something, he probably needed to rethink things in that moment. But we, we find that he eventually lost everything, including his wife and some of his children and all of his stuff and, and, and forever damaged his lineage because of the perversion of that place. Out of all the places that he went, he went to connect himself and his family to that city. It wasn't a, 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 I don't think it was a sneaky thing. I think from the beginning he went right up there. And I'm just, I'm trying to paint a picture here. I'm not trying to get into the, the, so much of the details. He eventually lost it all. Who are you fooling, Lot? You can't handle sin. Who cares how sophisticated or how popular that city may be? It's wicked and it's going to cost you everything. Lot thought that he could handle that. We find that Solomon, later on, the wisest man that ever lived, thought that he could handle the temptations of women. We find in 1 Kings 11.3, and he had 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines, and his wives turned away his heart. The wisest man that ever lived could not handle sin. He could not handle what, what that temptation would do to him. Uh, we find later on that it, it turned his heart. He even built altars, offered incense, and sacrificed to the gods of that world and all around there. It, didn't, it wasn't just like, okay, you guys, I like you, I'm going to do things. It, it turned his heart. He went ahead and he built and he gave, he messed around with stuff that he knew he shouldn't have. He knew that there was a right way, but he thought he could manage it because, you know, he's, he's the wisest man that ever lived. He thought that he could handle it, but he was fooling himself. The indulgences, you know, he, he thought he could handle it. Don't fool yourself, Solomon. Time and time again, we read Israel. Throughout the Bible, 
thought that they could live amongst the people of Canaan, do the same kinds of things that they did, serve the same kinds of gods and, and act the same kinds of ways and indulge in the same kinds of indulgences and, and yet still be the chosen people of God. But it never worked out. Every time they did that, it would turn their heart from God and they would offer up sacrifices and, and then they would be destroyed or captured. And time and time again, we find that this is what happened. It wasn't a, a mysterious thing. It, when they stopped following God and started uh, following the ways of the world or allowing these little things, we, we hear all the time that the kings, they, they, uh, they did what was right, but they still left up the high places. They still left a little room. They still left up some things uh, that were not holy. They were trying to coexist and live with and manage the sin in, in their lives or in their kingdom. And time and time again, it turned Israel away. Because they could not handle the things. There's a right way. From the very beginning, God has ordained that there's a right way to live. There's a, a, a sin brings forth death in that separation from God. And so there was no way around it. If you wanted to be a child of God, if you wanted to serve God, you couldn't mess around with those things. Because there's obviously a reason for it. It will turn you away from him. And there are many examples and, and there are many uh, situations where the people thought that they could handle sin and failed. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 27. Can a man take fire in his bosom and his clothes not be burned? You know, just as a word picture... So many times, you know, we, we think that we can handle that. But what a, what a good word picture. Can, can you take fire into your bosom and not be burned? You think that it's not going to be, you know, that you're going to be able to withstand that? You're going to get burned. And I know that oftentimes, and, and we'll talk a little bit more about specific things, but oftentimes we'll, we'll talk ourselves out of it. We'll, uh, at the moment where we can make a decision, we'll justify it and we'll, we'll eventually get burned. How many things do you and I do knowing full well that we're setting ourselves up to fail? Does that, is it just me? Has, has anyone else ever done that? Have I lulled everybody to sleep yet? You guys still here? All right. Have you guys ever gone into a situation knowing that you're setting yourself up to fail? Now, I could name up some different examples, and I, I will in a little bit, but you, you probably know better some of the things that uh, affect you, that tempt you. And uh, some of us think we can handle exposing ourselves to temptation, but uh, it, it, never, it never works out. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's hanging out with certain individuals or spending time with certain people. Maybe it's old friends in old places. And and when you go into that and somehow we'll justify it and somehow we will uh, justify how we're going to do well and do right but end up, you know, we know we, we shouldn't probably go there. We know we probably shouldn't do that. We know we shouldn't entertain it. Some of us might think, now this is kind of a more broad uh, circumstance. Some of us might think that we can handle things like the Internet on our phone. I know that sounds kind of crazy because everybody has one. Uh, but it's, you know, it's unchecked, unlimited access to 
distraction, social media, all that stuff. But we can't even put it down for 15 minutes a day to, to pray or to study or to do anything because we're always on it. And for, other, for some people, it's, it's consistent access to inappropriate stuff, content. And you think you could manage it. And you think that, oh, I, I, I'm okay, I'll just repent and get over it. But you go back to it every single day. Don't fool yourself. You know if there's something going on, don't expose. We cannot expose ourselves to that kind of garbage because it will eat, our, eat away our hearts. It will corrode us. It will corrupt us. It will destroy us. And like Solomon, it will turn our hearts away. We think that we can continuously uh, coexist and allow the subtle things in our lives to, to continue on. And maybe there are things that nobody else knows about. In fact, it's probably that way because nobody can see your heart but God. But there are things that you and I know that we should not give into, indulge in, or justify. Because There's a reason for it, not just because we're being legalistic, but because in the end it will corrupt us. It will destroy us, and it will keep us ultimately from God. This isn't just a thing that pastor or, you know, the church is saying don't do this because it's not right and, and it's not in the rules and <laughs> that's against the rules and you're not supposed to do that. That's not what we're saying. But ultimately, the things that can get a hold of your heart and turn us away, that's something we cannot fool ourselves with. We can't fool ourselves with it anymore because eventually it will destroy us. Um, now, I'm not saying that we should avoid everything, you know, and not go anywhere and do anything and just avoid everything and, you know, and blame other stuff for our problems. And No, but I'm just, I don't want us, I think we should not be ignorant of the devil's devices, Satan's devices, his schemes. I don't think we should be ignorant of the way things work, okay? So when it comes to the temptations in your life, when it comes to the battles in your life, the things that that get a hold of your heart, whether it's stuff, whether it's places, whether it's people, whether it's situations, whether it's substances, whatever it is, we shouldn't be ignorant of what it will do. We shouldn't be ignorant of how it will affect us. Because, I mean, we, we do this all the time, and it's so dumb. And it's, I guess it's part of our human condition. I mean, I guess ignorance goes hand in hand with, I mean, it's just, it's our, it's our default. We're just like, ah, and we just do it. And we got to be, don't fool ourselves. We can't fool ourselves. Nobody can, at the end of the day, it's going to be you standing before God by yourself. And you cannot fool, we cannot fool ourselves anymore. We got to catch this because especially at this day and age, there's so much garbage all around. And it's just seeping in to our lives. It's seeping in and we continue to justify what we do. And we subtly do things knowing full well what we're going to do. Knowing full well that we're going to give in. Knowing full well that we're going to set ourselves up. And it's only going to put a, a numbness in our heart. And it's only going to uh, sear uh, our connection with God. And it's going to make it harder and harder for us to feel the presence of God. And to get close with Him. Because we continue to allow sin to invade our heart. James 1.14 says, but... Every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Oftentimes it's our own, well, it's our own lust. We, we're tempted by the things you and I know specifically what goes on in your life, what gets a hold of your heart. And we're drawn away by our own lusts. 
So, you know, being aware of what it is in your life that just, you know, gets to you, what affects you in a negative way. If you know that you're having a problem or have had a problem or are in the mood for something that you know will only bring regret or shame or condemnation or death, if you know that, don't fool yourself. Run away. <laughs> I know that sounds kind of, you know, childish. Run away. But no, actually, 2 Timothy 2.22, Paul saying to Timothy, flee also youthful lusts, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Flee youthful lusts. Escape. Fly away. Get out of there. Get away from that. Stay away. Lust, that's the stuff, that's the desire, the craving, the longing, desire for what is forbidden. Okay? So, youthful lust, he's talking to Timothy. I think he was younger, but I think this applies to everybody. The, the different things in, in our life. I know that there are places that I, I probably need to stay away from because of what it will do to me. And you know what the thing is? This is, generally speaking, not, it's not the same for everybody. What might be enticing, what might... Uh, be a struggle for me might not be the same for you and so that's why we can't just paint this broad picture and say you know uh, and, and, and just it has to be specifically to you because at the end of the day it's your own heart your own mind you know what I'm saying does that make sense okay so we got to be aware of what it is that that uh, is enticing or what it is that is a temptation for us and then stop fooling ourselves and, and stop making a way to, to get ourselves into this situation. I want to share something with you. Um, the other day at work, I was, uh, or actually in, in time, I, I was praying. And uh, I kind of had a vision, uh, uh, just a, a picture that kind of came to me when I was praying. And I saw uh, what looked like a temple. And, uh, the, and, that, and I felt like it was supposed to represent hearts, our heart. And from above, it looked like, uh, like it was raining sand, and it was burying the temple. And it was keeping the temple from functioning properly. It was just clogging it up. It was just filling, burying the temple. And it seemed that the sand represented the, the cares of the world and the, uh, and the stuff of the world. And we were just uh, allowing our connection with God to be buried by all the cares of the world, just pouring sand, consistently burying the holies, the holy of holies, that place in our life, that freedom and that space to move around in the presence of the Lord and to be sense, uh, sensitive to his spirit and to sense and feel God was being cluttered and clogged, making it harder and harder for that hallowed ground, that sacred ground, and that relationship with God to function. And I, I feel as though if we're not careful, and, and this is my uh, understanding of what that was and what it felt like, um, we can allow our hearts, that place where God lives, to be buried by other things. And then it will cease to function and will be giving up access to God's presence. And so when I was praying, it's just, 
it, it just seemed like, you know, a, a kind of a word picture, and at least it applied to my life, that so often there's so many things going on in our life, and it's just, it's like that sand just burying our relationship with God, our connection with God. And, you know, oftentimes we, we, we just kind of feel numbed out and, uh, and, and we don't really sense God, we don't feel God, and it's just our, we're being buried. There's no room for the, uh, the temple to operate, to function, because the work that goes on in the temple and the relationship with God, it's, it's not able to work. There's no room for it because it's being filled with other stuff. Does that make sense? And in our secret life and in our personal life and our relationship with God, it's, it's being filled with sand. It's being uh, bombarded with other things. And, and we can't even feel God. And we're just bogged down. We don't feel good. We don't feel anything because we're just going through the motions. And other stuff is clogging the hearts of his people. I know that uh, we, we got to quit playing with with this thing. We got to quit playing with our hearts. We got to quit playing with the world. We got to uh, stop fooling ourselves because it's, it's out there. Personally, you and I, we are confronted with things all the time. We're confronted with temptations and sin and compromise and all of this all the time. And if our hearts and the, the temple of our body is not working correctly, we're not going to uh, properly respond. We're not going to make it. Our relationship with God is more important than anything else, and all of the cares of the world don't really matter at the end of the day. Maybe you've been feeling a little spiritually unstable. The Bible says in James 1.8, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. If we profess to be redeemed and keep willfully messing with sin, we're being double-minded. And we need to quit fooling ourselves. You know, if we, the redeemed, keep willfully going back and messing around with sin, of course we're going to feel unstable. We're being double-minded. We're wanting to, and that double-minded, just divided in interest. Where our interests lie. What is it that gets our attention? What is it that we pursue after? And of course, if we're split in our interests and we're divided in our interests, then uh, we're not going to be stable. Who, who am I? Am I trying to gain this whole world? Am I trying to fit in? Am I trying to please my flesh? Am I trying to, or am I trying to live for God? And, and I don't know what I'm trying, and, and we stumble through life, and we, and we continue to fumble, and we continue to fail, and we don't feel much we feel like, and you know, we've mentioned it before, and you've, maybe you've experienced it, but it's a, a lonely place to be because you're not really connected with God, and you're not really connected with the world, and we're not really sure what we're supposed to do, but we keep fooling ourselves, thinking that we can mess with this and make it, and we can't. Solomon couldn't do it, and it, he was the wisest man that ever lived. Time and time again, you can't mess with because sin brings forth death. And if we continue to allow the sin to live in our life and we continue to keep doing those things, uh, then obviously it can wear away. We have to stop because our hearts could be turned. Our families could be lost. Our temple could be buried. Our consciousness could be seared, our conscience. And we got to realize 
and ourselves that we can't keep messing with sin. Amen? I don't think that it was a, a purposeful thing when um, Lot went in there that he planned on losing his family. I don't think that uh, most people, when they do these things, that they purposefully are trying to destroy their connection uh, with God. I don't think. But here's the thing. We allow, we, we sometimes fool ourselves. We, we give in to the temptations of this world. We, we give in and we just want to indulge and we mess up and, and we keep, maybe we keep doing it. Maybe it's a reoccurring thing and we think that we can just go and, and, uh, and, and mess around and kind of live how we want to live, but then we'll go and repent later. And God's a good God, and he's a loving God, and he's a just God. But here's the thing. There might be a day when you don't know what's going to happen around the corner. And because we weren't ready, something could be lost. Something could be messed up. We might mess up ourselves in a situation that will ruin your reputation, that will ruin your family's reputation, that will destroy your heart. It will make you go too far because you've just been indulging. It will corrode our minds. Listen, I know... I've seen too many people, good people, invest in things that just subtly and slowly corroded away at their conscience to where they were giving in and doing things that they know and they would never uh, hope to ever be anything like that. But because it was a subtle thing, because we continued to make just a, a little preparation for it and we continued to fool ourselves in the little things, it corroded away and it destroyed the foundation for what they once stood for and they fell into a trap that only destroyed them or only worked on destroying them. Listen, I know that we, we're the redeemed. We, have, we live with God. We, we serve God. We have his spirit living inside of us. We've been born again, and that's great. But we got to continue to walk. we got to continue to uh, not be ignorant of his devices. Because oftentimes we just chalk it up to, oh, it's you no know, big deal. But we got to stop fooling ourselves. Because there is too much that this world is trying to do, that the enemy of our soul is trying to do. It's everywhere you look, ladies and gentlemen. If you go outside and look at any billboard, if you listen to any radio station, if you watch any, the spirit of the Antichrist, Satan himself, and the, 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 the world is trying to destroy us. He don't have to do too much. All he's got to do is get you to be involved in yourself and stop caring about God. The whole thing with the, 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 when I was in prayer and... and it, it just felt like the biggest thing was that we were just numb. The temple in our, in our heart was buried. And we just didn't feel God. We didn't sense God. And we just kind of got caught up. We made other things more important. And that will destroy us to the point where we don't even care anymore. To the point where we don't sense God. We don't feel God. We don't even want God. Because we got this by ourselves. And that is a place we don't want to be. That's a place I don't want to be. I even If I find myself going out, I need to wake myself up. We need to get in prayer and fasting because there ain't nothing that's worth your soul. There ain't nothing. And there's so much uh, subtle deceit out there. You and I see it at work and at school and especially our, our young people. It's amazing. The things that when you were younger, things that you had to work, to, work for to do that were bad. These kids just get it handed to them everywhere, all the time. I can't imagine going to school. All of the garbage that they're confronted with every day. All of the stuff that is just thrown at them. I mean, they're literally teaching against everything that we're trying to teach. And it's just curriculum. And so we don't take this seriously. The world sure is taking this seriously. So I think that we got to stop fooling ourselves. I mean, if we're going to be Christian and we're going to try to 
live for God, we got to be aware that everything that this world's trying to do is to destroy our walk with God. Amen? I, uh, amen. I, uh, I see it at work, and you guys might see it at work. And um, you might know somebody. Maybe he's a, a, a friend, maybe somebody that's in church. And uh, maybe they go to another church, whatever the case may be. But you can think of scenarios and, and situations. I think that when people can kind of turn their back on God, it can be a, sometimes a subtle thing that we just continue to allow that sin to live in the back of our mind. And we continue to allow that thing to go. To the point where it sears our sensitivity in our relationship with God. So now we don't sense after him and we don't really care. Because we've just, our focus and our heart is on other things. Amen. And that's not a place that I want to be. We, we got to be real with ourselves and realize we keep messing. We got to realize within ourselves we keep messing with sin. And so... That's the, the, the crazy part, is that I cannot specifically tell you what to do, you know, according to the need and the issue in your life, because I can't see it. And neither can and pastor, unless God reveals it. And that, the thing is, you and I, we got to be aware of those things that continue to distract and to pull us away, and the things that we continue to invest in. That's something that you and I have to work on by ourselves. And that's something that I think we need to take that responsibility. Because guess who the, the church is? Guess who are the called? Guess who are those witnesses? That's you and I. It's not just a, for the specific few, the, the holy. Listen, you and I, if we get this, if we start getting this in our relationship with God, and we start functioning in our temple, in our relationship with God. We offer up sacrifices of praise. We come before him with thanksgiving. If we start getting our temple to function right, and we get all that sand out of our temple, and we get all, and we clear all the garbage out, and we start allowing God to move and speak to us specifically to where our praise is a sweet savor to him, then something's going to change, not just in your life, but in your neighbor's life and in your family's life and in this church. and in, Listen, the world, we can change this city. We can change our lives. We can change our neighborhoods. But it's got to start with the things that we continue to fool ourselves with. Amen. Why don't we go ahead and stand up and let's go ahead and clap our hands and give God some praise. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, all across this room, I pray, bring things to our memory. And maybe as I was talking things came up. Lord, I pray, help us to be real with ourselves. Help us to be real with what it is that you're saying and doing in our life. Lord, you know what gets my heart. You know what gets my attention. You know what tempts me. And in Jesus' name, I pray for strength and courage to do what needs to happen so that we just make it, so that we make it and we're right with you, so that we don't uh, uh, give in to the temptations of this world and we live with you. In Jesus' name, why don't you clap your hands to the Lord. And why don't you turn to somebody and say, look them in the eye and tell them, I'm going to make it. I'm not fooled. God bless you. We got about 15 minutes until the next service starts.